The Red Maryland Network is proud to present national conservative radio personality, Rob Carson. Support Rob on Patreon and check out his line of conservatees. And now, here's Rob. It's the Rob Carson Show. Are you ready to be pod smacked? Now, here's Rob Carson. Hello, everybody. Welcome to, uh, well, episode number 201 of the Rob Carson Show podcast. If you're downloading it from iTunes, iHeartRadio. Tune in, Google Play, Google Plus, all those uh, all those fun little uh, audio sites out there. Also, if you are uh, watching on Liberty One TV, hello, welcome to the show. I had a, uh, some technical difficulties yesterday, so I was unable to do the show. But today I'm back with a vengeance, and we've got a lot of stuff to get to. Before we go any further, will you consider joining? It's just 33 cents a day. It's just $10 a month. It's $99 a year. And uh, this is a, a terrific venture and uh, a foray into free speech that otherwise might not be heard. We have this marvelous technology now that uh, allows us to be able to build broadcast studios like this, like this, you know? And you don't have to have a job in radio. You don't have to have a job in television. You don't have to work for a newspaper. You don't have to work for a blog. You can actually build a studio and do this. And we've got a bunch of great talent on this site. So please become a member, okay? Uh, it's LibertyOneTV.com. Do it right away, will ya? Also, don't forget, um, I've got the uh, politically incorrect swag up here, my uh, my in- incorrect uh, swag line. We've got 63 designs. We're getting some new Chris one- Christmas ones that I think you're going to enjoy that basically say, hey, I say Merry Christmas. Deal with it. All right? <laughs> so check that out. Make it a favorite on your browser. Uh, let's get right into it, guys. We had, uh, obviously, a mass shooting over the weekend at a, a church in Texas. Um, there was a typical reaction uh, there was uh, the, the left calling for stricter gun control. There was the right saying, it's not time to talk about gun control. And then we realized that the shooter actually was not supposed to have guns in the first place. We'll get into that in a second, but I want to I focus on the heroes. Because there were a couple gentlemen, and, and I, don't know, I don't know what it's like in other countries uh, with regard to incidents like this, but it just seems like Americans come out and they risk their lives. We saw that in uh, in uh, Mandalay Bay in Vegas, people shielding other people, people running into the line of fire to rescue people, lives saved. Yesterday, two men, uh, one of them named uh, Johnny Langendorf and another guy named Stephen Hilford, or Williford, I should say. Stephen Williford was a, an NF, uh, NRA gun training specialist, okay? Uh, Johnny Langendorf, he was just there on the scene and he had a truck. I've got a couple of sound bites I want to share from uh, this Stephen Williford because uh, they chased this guy in Johnny's truck. Stephen Williford just happened to have what is, uh, I believe, was an M4, commonly referred to as an assault rifle, long rifle, and he managed to shoot the bad guy through a gap in his body armor. People that church, they're friends of mine, their family. And every time I heard a shot, I knew that that probably represented a life. I was scared to death. I was. I was scared for me, and I was scared for every one of them. And I was scared for my own family that just lived less than a block away. I'm no hero. I, I am not. I think my God, my Lord, protected me and gave me 
the skills to do what needed to be done. And I just wish I could have gotten there faster. But I didn't know. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. 26 people. It takes a day or two to digest this. The horror. The horror. Children, adults, the elderly, murdered through the church walls, and then he went inside and and walked between the pews and fired at random. It's overwhelming. It's, it's, It's difficult to even think about. That's why it sickens me that some are so willing immediately to politicize it. Uh, Can you just give people the chance to breathe and grieve for God's sake? (sighs) Let's hear some more from this, uh, this man who doesn't call himself a hero. It's just, isn't it, isn't it remarkable that somebody could just leap into action, leap into action and without fear? Well, he said he had fear, but to overcome that fear. Here's a little bit more from uh, from this hero, and we'll hear a little bit more from uh, the other guy in just a second. He saw me, and I saw him, and, and I was st- standing behind a pickup truck for cover, and and we exchanged. I'm like, it was surreal to me. It, it could couldn't be couldn't be happening. I, I could not believe it. Um, and we we exchanged gunfire, and I I, I know I hit him. I, I I don't know where I hit him, but I know I hit him. And he got into his vehicle, and he fired another couple of rounds through his side window, and I fired when the window dropped. I fired another round at him again. And one is he was pulling away, and he turned down 539, Farm to Market Road 539, and sped away. And I noticed that there was a four-wheel drive Dodge truck, another truck, (laughs) sitting at the stop sign. And a guy had watched this whole thing take place. I ran over to his truck, and I said, that guy just shot up the Baptist church. We need to stop him. Wow. That was uh, Johnny Langendorf. Sorry, I get uh, a little verklempt. Um, just I'm, I'm amazed that people do this. Here's a little bit more from uh, this man. Forget the shooter's name. Remember Stephen Williford and remember Johnny Langendorf. We did not see at that point any officers anywhere. Uh and they were probably headed to the church at that point. But dispatch, we started talking to. They said, where on 539 is he? And we gave a description when we caught view of him again. And uh, again. He, he could have gotten away. He, he might, may have gotten away if it weren't for these two guys. And we were coming up on him pretty quickly and and. When we got up closer, he pulled over to the side, of, like he was going to pull off to the side of the road. 
and he slowed down and I thought he was going to stop. And I reached down to, to, to open the door still with my rifle in hand and he sped up. He hit a, a road sign. It flipped over the truck or his SUV. He ran across back up on the road about another hundred yards down and down into the bar ditch. And John he stopped the truck on the road and I told him, I said, get down, get down. And he did. One more um, soundbite from this incredible interview. I, I, I'm no hero. I, I am not. I think my God, my Lord, protected me and gave me the skills to do what needed to be done. I think that's the most important soundbite of all right there. Unbelievable. Now, here's the other hero. He's uh, he's driving after this guy like a maniac. Johnny Langendorf, uh, you know, here he is. <laughs> These two guys thrown together by fate. Thrown together by fate. I don't know you. You don't know me. I've got a gun. We've got to stop that guy. Here is uh, Johnny Langendorf. You know, he, he's very much a hero. He, he, acted, he acted quicker than he could think as well. He did absolutely the right thing, which was try and take him down on the scene. Um, you know, from what I know, you know, from what I know, he was just taking a nap and heard the gunshots and reacted. What kind of gun did he have? He, he had an AR-15. An AR-15, so both, okay. Both the killer and the individual you drove had AR-15s. Um, the, kill, the killer, from what I heard, had a, Ruger. Had a pistol for, during the firefight. Right which is the the main part that I saw. And then and then the guy with you, the other hero, had his own. Yes, he had his own AR-15, yes, sir. And he came out, uh, he was barefooted. He was barefoot. Wow. Yes. Yeah, he, he had no shoes on or nothing, but he was he was ready to act. And the moment police got there and everything, you know, he, he did all the right things. Pretty remarkable. And, you know, most of us, we're gun owners, and I'm a gun owner. I've never been in a firefight with somebody. No, we target practice. Here's a guy, he, he, he became a soldier in a heartbeat, took out a killer. Here's a little bit more from uh, uh, Johnny Langendorf. I pulled up on the intersection and I saw the shooter coming from the cars, actually right outside the church that were parked. His vehicle was parked, door open, engine running, and him and the neighbor across the street we're both coming out about the same time, exchanging fire. And um, as he came up, he I never got a look at him. I never really saw him. I just, I saw the gunfire. The shooter got in his truck. Uh, the gentleman in the right, with the rifle came to my truck as the shooter took off and he briefly, he briefed me quickly on what had just happened and said that we had to get him. And so that's what I did. I was on the phone with dispatch the entire time as far as I could see, um, Wilson County police were all headed to the church and on 539, I did not see any police. And so I gave them direction, the direction we were going on what road and everything. And that, you know, the vehicle was in sight and I was picking up, getting closer and closer. We just take pursuit. Uh, we, we speed over 87 through traffic. And we, like I said, we hit about 95 going down 539 wow. trying to catch this guy until he eventually lost control on his own and went off in the ditch. He just 
hurt so many people and he just affected so many people's lives. I think that um, these two gentlemen, um, I, I hope they won't be haunted by the fact that they didn't get there in time to save 26 lives. I really, really do. I have a feeling that uh, that will be in the back of their minds and it shouldn't be because what they did was pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. The shooter, Devin Patrick Kelly, uh, went uh, from high school to a trail of violence. In New Mexico, Kelly was kicked out of the Air Force following a court-martial two years after he enlisted for abusing his wife and hitting her child so hard it, it fractured the baby's skull. In Colorado, he was charged with misdemeanor animal cruel, cruelty after someone saw him punch a dog several times. And in Texas, sheriff's deputies were called to his parents' house after his girlfriend told him a friend was he was abusing her. The guy was a he was a psychotic. He he was a psychotic. He was a violent person. He took antipsychotic meds when he was in elementary school. He walked down the center of the aisle in the in the church. People had no way to escape. He also shot through the walls of the church, and I heard that the church is no longer uh, physically safe. The, the church is going to uh, have to be torn down because of the amount of gun uh, bullets that went through the walls. This guy was accused of choking his wife, pulling her hair, and kicking her. He also hit the child uh, on the head and body. He was also accused of pointing a loaded firearm and an unloaded firearm at the, at the woman, according to the court-martial documents. He pled not guilty to those allegations, and they were withdrawn and dismissed with prejudice after arraignment. Kelly was sentenced to 12 months of confinement, ultimately removed from the military with a bad conduct uh, discharge and a reduction of rank. The Air Force, by the way, didn't bother to uh, enter Kelly's criminal history into the federal database used to conduct background checks on citizens looking to purchase a firearm, and he, he was able to get that AR-556 rifle and two handguns. His wife, Tessa Kelly, filed for divorce in 2012, the same year as the court-martial. Kelly's discharge was complete in 2014. That February, sheriff's deputies arrived at his home in New Braunfels just after 10 o'clock in the evening one night to investigate a potential domestic uh, violence case. Apparently, uh, they said it was just a misunderstanding and the police left without any charges being filed. Uh... Kelly ended up uh, marrying that woman a couple months later. So he had also made some uh, threats, I guess, against her uh, mom, who apparently went to the church. Protection order was uh, issued against him in 2015 on behalf of the local Humane Society, by the way, because of the, uh, the, uh, the dog beating. He was hired, and listen to this, he worked as a security guard at two different places after that. Can you imagine that? He worked at a Schlitterbahn water park in, in New Braunfels, was hired as a security guard at Summit Vacation Resort, also there. Unbelievable. I, I don't know what you know. Maybe maybe if these uh, you know charges or this this information was put in the database, I, who knows? <clears throat> but he was he was able to be a security guard after all of this stuff. I'm gonna move on from that. A Democrat representative, House of Representatives, was observing a moment of silence to honor victims of the church shootings. Uh, representative Ted Liu had other ideas. So not only are, you know, the usual suspects immediately diving on gun control, now they won't even stand for a moment of silence. <clears throat> he walked out during the moment of silence, started doing a, a Facebook video. He said, my colleagues right now are doing a moment of silence in the House of Representatives chambers. I respect their right to do so. 
that I have, uh, I myself have participated in many of them, but I can't do this again. I've been to too many moments of silences. In just my short period of in Congress, three of the worst mass shootings in U.S. history have occurred. I will not be silent. What we need now is action. We need to pass gun safety legislation now. Behind me is the House of Representative Chamber. I urge us to pass reasonable gun safety safety legislation, including a universal background check law supported by 80% of Americans, a ban on assault rifles, and a ban on bump stocks. We need to do that. So there you go. One thing that I, I m- mentioned after Mandalay Bay <clears throat> was that the Democrats were saying that they uh, the instances of mass shootings in the country, there were hundreds of, of instances of it. And um, that, was, that was actually false. Uh, these are not the same uh, modus operandi of, uh, say, for instance, um, Sandy Hook or uh, Columbine or Mandalay Bay or this one. Mass shootings are shootings of four people or more. And they happen in Chicago all the time. So they were using statistics in Chicago to prop up their narrative about gun violence, even though most of the shootings in Chicago are black-on-black violence and they involve handguns. But they conveniently use those black black lives when they need to forward a political agenda. Well, Chicago's close to recording its 600th homicide for this year, only the second time the city will have reached the grim milestone since 2003. 30 people shot over the weekend, five of them fatally. The number of homicides stands at 593. Last year saw gun violence at levels not recorded since the late 1990s. Chicago Police Department's count of homicides this year is 581 because unlike the Tribune, does not count homicides on expressways as well as fatal shootings by police officers and homicides considered justified. 3,200 people have been shot so far in 2017, down from 3,800 last year. That's compared with 2,609 at this time in 2015. Unbelievable. You know, use those black lives when, when, you know, they matter when you need to forward that political agenda. But, man, what's happening in Chicago now? You know, you're so concerned about mass shootings. It happened this weekend. Two of those were four people shot. Mass shootings. An idiot named David uh, Kenneth Smith threatened a staff member at Soka University, Aliso, Aliso Viejo, California, I guess. A bizarre uh, series of emails. He posted videos of himself holding guns and talking about his desire to go on a killing rampage. Orange County Sheriff's Department deputies say they were told last Wednesday that Smith had been involved in an email exchange with a teacher. Now, uh, the emails have been discussing disciplinary action against Smith for his marijuana use while he attended the university in 2008. So uh, they say Smith's frustration escalated until he finally emailed the staff member a link to a video, uh, YouTube, it showed him sitting with a semi-automatic pistol on his chest as he talked about the school. Then said he wanted to go on a, a killing spree. Well, they took him into custody. Million-dollar bail. Expected to face the Los Angeles uh, court um, on Monday. On Monday. <clears throat> I just There's so much violence and there's so much stuff in the news. Here's a, a piece out of New York. And then we're going to move on to some other stuff because I, I don't want to completely bum you out today. Jesse Singer, senior editor at Transportation Alternatives, has at least one idea about how to stop uh, vehicular terrorism overnight and save thousands of lives. He wrote it uh, an op-ed on BuzzFeed. says that cars don't belong on the streets of big cities. We should do everything in our power to get rid of them. Now, that's a political agenda, too, by the way. That's, that's a fossil fuel political agenda as well. 
She argues that more Americans last year were killed by cars than by guns. Half the vehicle deaths uh, happened in urban areas, and 6,000 of them were pedestrians. She added that a drunk driver killed her best friend nearly 11 years ago in the uh, same Manhattan bike path that the uh, terrorist ran over people a couple weeks ago. She acknowledges that banning all cars in big cities immediately wouldn't be an option, even if everybody wanted it. Well, no kidding. But Singer uh, notes we should look toward cities like Oslo, which plans to ban all cars in its city center by 2019. London introduced a congestion fee that charged drivers a premium to travel in the uh, civic center. So many people took public transit instead that traffic crashes declined by 40%. Whatever. Colin Kaepernick. And the NFL players are requesting a meeting with the league. I don't want to say owners because, you know, that's kind of slavey, right? It's a little slavey to say that. National Football League players are trying to set up a formal meeting with league officials to talk about the national anthem protests and reasons behind them. According to ESPN, if the league agrees to the meeting, former quarterback Colin Kaepernick will be there. The players want to address two issues, and this is why I'm just this close to saying, F the NFL, I'm done. Play the damned game the social uh, justice civil rights issues that they are protesting about colin uh, kaepernick originally began protesting during the anthem to bring attention to racial injustice and police brutality against minorities but uh, you know those um 600 people murdered in chicago yeah you know that's not so much why kaepernick isn't in the league also will be discussed there are some who believe kaepernick has been blackballed I don't know if that's the best expression to use for his protest and cite the fact that a number of allegedly inferior quarterbacks have been signed this season because of injuries. By the way, Houston Texans coach Bill O'Brien lost their uh, starting a quarterback to a season-ending injury, and they have discussed signing Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick's a good football player, hasn't played in a while, but these things are discussed daily, and they'll continue to be discussed. It'll be kind of interesting because... You'll recall the owner, Bob McNair, owner, I know, slavey, of uh, of Houston, uh, mentioned the inmates running the, uh, the prison, and of course got a bunch of real, people really ticked off at him. This is an interesting story. There's a guy, Sorrell Field, New York, and he's a, he's a dad, and he's got kids in school. And uh, there's a lot of this um, uh, transgendered, information, um, being added to the curricula. Um, we have been overrun by hypersensitivity to transgender issues. We've got now 65 sexes, I guess, and, and we can't call it a mental illness anymore. Okay. Well, this guy, apparently he, he daughter came home and they had a, uh, they had a, uh, little assignment, the seventh grade kid. And apparently it had talked about uh, genital reconstruction surgery and other things that seventh graders shouldn't have to deal with. Here is uh, his original Facebook, uh, Facebook video addressing this. I came home tonight from work and uh, sat down, go for some homework with my kids and my son, seven year old, yeah, seventh grade, 11 years old, brought me this from health class today. Yeah, ourselves. Check it out. The gen gender identity packet. All right. Well, let's check it out. What happened in school today? Well, we had someone coming to class today that he doesn't have a gender. It's not a boy nor a girl. And uh, we're going to go over this in health class. We got the we got the gingerbread man, gingerbread person there, <laughs> the, the transgender. So the cis, is it a cisgender gender? Is it a cisgen ginger? 
well, yeah. <laughs> all the fun stuff about biological sex and yeah, romantic yeah, yeah. and oh, gender yeah. identity. Sure. Which fine. Gender, I understand we live in a device world, you know, device world. Everything, you know, everyone's got their thing and not everyone's going to be the same. But uh, as we come with our Christian values, you know, we live by our own expectations. And when it comes to teaching our kids certain things, you know, that should be left up to us. Yep. The assignment also listed 50 sexual terms and slang words and encouraged the children to study for uh, study the list for text testing purposes. Concluding that the homework assignment was mere state-funded porn, the dad said that uh, this type of action is desensitizing American children and is ruining America. It's not bad enough that their innocence is being robbed from us through the friggin' news on uh, TV every day. They're literally taking the innocence out of our kids every day with this BS. Now, the, uh, the teacher who assigned the homework... Health teacher at Cambridge Central School north of Albany, New York, was put on administrative leave with pay last week after uh, the, the video by this dad went viral. And uh, superintendent said that the teacher did not request permission to distribute the homework in question. There's a district policy that certain materials should not be distributed. This is not what you we would normally do, and you can rest assured it will not happen again. Now, uh, the dad came back and, and thanked everybody for because he got like 700,000 views. So I'm not trying to target gays or trans people. We're not against them. We're not trying anything to bash them. The whole purpose of my video was to bring awareness to the local parents of my town because material was being brought into our classroom that shouldn't have been. Let's not lose sight of what my message was because I feel that some people are trying to make it something it's not. We're just trying to put focus where it belongs with material that does not belong in a seventh grade classroom setting, period. Amen. Full stop. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Oh, this is funny. Did you got your iPhone 10? Have you? I, I didn't I didn't have it. I mean, I guess if, if I was money, money, money. If I was money, money, yeah, yeah, I, I kinda like to I like to kinda gotta get it. And I, I'm not I'm not a technophobe. I've got an iPhone 6S Plus. I've had it for maybe going on two years. And and I like I like it. I, I I use it uh, frequently. I sleep in the guest bedroom because I snore and and I literally the 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 phone will be on the uh, guest side of the bed. <laughs> so yes, I, yes, I'm one of those people. I, I have phone separation anxiety. I do. And there's there's no doubt about it. I have phone separation anxiety. But I I just I don't. Maybe I'm becoming my dad. I mean, what's wrong with this one? It's perfectly fine. Where's my here it is. There it is, you know, 99%. My, my 6S Plus is, is nice. Uh, it, it gets what, uh, you know, it gets done what I need to have it get done. I don't use a lot of the apps. I don't use a lot of apps. I use texting. I use, I check my email, um, and I occasionally make a phone call, although I don't, don't really like talking on the phone. I just get, you know, it, I talk for a living. Uh, but anyway, here's how much it costs to, uh, to, to make it. It's $999 to buy this thing. Costs Apple three hundred fifty-seven dollars and fifty cents, three fifty-seven. So they've got about a seventy percent markup to uh, to sell this thing. All right. Now the iPhone eight is an update on last year's phone iPhone seven, which itself was similar to the iPhone six released in twenty fourteen. So maybe I've had this for three years. Did they skip nine? They just skipped nine. Was there no? There was no iPhone nine. They did seven, eight, and ten. What the hell? You couldn't wait and have a nine? Anyway, I'm thinking that Chinese labor about a penny a day, so that's not much of uh, you know not much of a uh, an expense. I'm thinking labor not the biggest expense. 
Several Apple design choices for the iPhone 10 pushed up its price. Uh, the 5.8-inch edge-to-edge display and associated parts cost $65.50 compared to $36 for the iPhone 8's 4.7-inch display. Another pricey choice was the stainless steel chassis of the iPhone 10, which cost $34 or $36 versus $21 for the aluminum housing, aluminum housing of the iPhone 8. Where'd the 9 go? 9 totally got shafted. What the heck? <laughs> 9 totally got shafted. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, another day, another uh, fake hate crime on campus. Dontarius Williams won't face charges for filing a false police report about the N-word graffiti that, uh, and, and threat he painted on his own car near K-State University in Manhattan, Kansas. Riley County Police said because uh, Williams admitted he was behind the graffiti and was genuinely remorseful, it would not be in the best interest of the community to charge him. Williams wrote in a statement distributed by police that the graffiti was a Halloween prank that got out of hand. I just want to apologize from the bottom of my heart for the pain and news that I brought to you all. Police Director Brad Schoen excused the guy's behavior, saying he's a young man who made a mistake and is now doing his best to own up to it. Last Wednesday, Riley County Police Department were called to an apartment, a parking lot, car had been defaced with racial slurs, go home, inward boy was written with yellow paint across the rear windshield of the car, other offensive, uh, racially offensive language, whites only, die or date your own kind, were also painted on the windshield and uh, side doors of the car. And by the way, the AP reported the uh, university stepped up police patrols, reviewing the need for additional camera cameras across campus and made uh, progress on multicultural student center and hiring top leadership positions tasked with diversity issues. That's that's all came because of this fake hate crime. And ninety nine point nine percent of them on campus or near campus are fake. It is uh, meant to perpetuate a lie that hate crimes are on the uh, on the rise, that uh, that uh, universities are uh, bastions of hate crime, which is just the uh, the exact opposite is true. They are the last places you would expect hate crimes because they are bastions of liberalism. Although liberals tend to hate, they tend to hate a lot. They tend to hate a whole lot. One school district in Oregon is taking some uh, unusual steps to combat a problem threatening the safety of students, but it's difficult to determine precisely what problem they're trying to solve. Teachers and administrative staff of the Salem-Kaiser School District have been informed that if they learn or even suspect that any of their students are sexually active with others in their age or peer group, they must report them to law enforcement or state officials. Where, where did this come from? According to Oregon law, anyone under 18 years of age cannot legally give consent, meaning all sexual activity between minors is considered sexual abuse. This policy district officials say stems from Oregon's mandatory reporting and child abuse laws. But that seems to be a singular interpretation of the law. The statesman journal reached out to school districts around the state and found that not one of them had the same mandate. Now, here's the thing. You got kids who are the same age messing around. And some of them could be targeted as sexual predators. Some of them could have their lives ruined because they bypass the parents and immediately, even if they suspect, talk to law enforcement or state officials. This is, to me, frightening. And I've talked to my kids, and believe it or not, I made it through high school with my, um, my virginity intact. Thank you very much. And it wasn't because I was a hyper nerd or anything like that. I just, I didn't. 
I didn't feel it was necessary. Uh, I had all the urges of a teenage boy. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I, I just chose. I chose not to. I chose not to. I didn't think I was ready for it. I didn't want to get involved with it. I thought there were too many things in, uh, associated with it, whether it be pregnancy, whether it be whatever. So any sexual activity between underage students and an adult, by the way, of course, should be reported to the police. But boyfriend, girlfriend situation, and both of the students are underage? No. No. It's easy enough to say that would uh, should discourage children from becoming sexually a- active. There are plenty of reasons. There's STDs, there's pregnancy, etc. But calling the cops, a little bit ridiculous. A little bit uh, ridiculous. And again, uh, to be a young man or a young woman and to be... Uh, have the authorities contacted and and possibly be charged and and labeled as a sexual offender because you were doing some youthful experimentation or whatever. It's a, it's a little bit much. Oh, by the way, uh, not a lot, a lot being said about uh, Rand Paul and the attack that uh, he underwent. Uh, he was attacked by a neighbor. And this is a pretty big deal. Rene Boucher is a 59-year-old retired anesthesiologist and a socialist, by the way. He says the attack had nothing to do with politics. He broke five of Rand Paul's ribs, a senator charged with fourth-degree assault, by the way. A splinter writer argued that the type of injuries Paul suffered compared to how small his attacker was meant Paul has weak bones and need for more calcium. So this liberal outlet mocked him for the viral or the violent um, beating he took. Hamilton Nolan, a senior writer at the outlet, said, "You get old and stop drinking milk, and next day you know every time a medium-sized neighbor tackles you, all your ribs are snapping like buttons on a tearaway on tearaway pants. Meanwhile, if you had stayed on your milk game." You would not only have brawny bones and muscles as well, thanks to the protein packed in every uh, serving of milk. Which, why the hell, who the hell thinks of this crap? Who, who the hell decides that they need to kick somebody when they're down like this? This is just vitriolic, mean-spirited douchebaggery, to be quite honest. The important thing, this is the, back to this dipwad who wrote this, the important thing is you keep drowning glass after glass of that frosty, creamy calcium treat. Don't stop until you're dead. Drink that milk, Rand Paul. This is not a game out there. Who, who, who the hell thinks of this stuff? <laughs> who, who, be, who behaves like this? Oh, this is going to be, this is going to make your head explode. This is going to be, this is, this is a typical uh, leftist faculty lounge mental masturbation at its finest. A Florida, a Florida professor blasts the toxic masculine capitalism of Beauty and the Beast. Brian Skoulos, professor of uh, Florida International University, argues that Disney's Beauty and the Beast films are riddled with toxic masculine capitalism. This is just, this is just so communistic. He argues the rambling in an incoherent article that uh, the films highlight uh, problems with capitalism, Identity politics and cathartic personalistic conclusion with no systematic change, just to name two. Lighten the F up. I hope this person doesn't have children. It says in the passage that barely mentions the films, Skoulos allegedly attempts to link all social ills to capitalism. He even manages to squeeze in a jab at uh, Donald Trump. We are taught by our society that it is uh, that to be a man is to embrace competition. To be a man is never uh, be weak or naive. 
To be a man is to be in control. To be a man is to be violent. Bullshit. Especially when it isn't really necessary. To be a man is never have to ask for permission. To be a man is never have to say, no, I can't really afford that. You know, what the hell is this crap? I never, I never taught my son any of those things. He's going to be on his 18 in a week and a half. He says, absent of the traditional, the, the kind of irrational wealth that makes the last position actually tenable, guns, cruelty, misogyny, bullying, and all kinds of social sadism that don't require great wealth takeover, and even with wealth, they often take over in some form. This is a toxicity, toxicity of com- contemporary masculinity. Okay, toxic masculinity is toxic because of its uh, causes and effects. That is, its overall social context. This is just just bullcrap. He uh, he saves most of his condemnation for the story's villain Gaston, who serves as the archetypal example of toxic toxic masculinity. And yes, and he's made fun of. He's the villain. He's ripped on. He, he's he's made to look like a buffoon. In the original animated film, we see a bit of a role that the villagers play in glorifying Gaston's grotesque and necrophilic existence. But this socially cultivated necro-narcissism and megalomania has more prominence in the recent version. Just watch the damn movie. Just lighten the hell up. By the way, if you get a chance to, you see these uh, cool designs up here on uh, Liberty One TV? That's my swag line, Okay. You can order those uh, T-shirts. You can have them put on uh, onesies. You can have them put on notebook cases. You can have them put on mugs, any of these things. We've got some new uh, Christmas stuff coming up, which basically says, I'm not ashamed to say Merry Christmas. Those will be added to it. That's the website right up there. Just make it a favor on your browser, will ya? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a new venture for me, and I've got a good friend named Sam Cangelosi, who's a, uh, uh, an animator, used to work at, uh, and a graphic designer, used to work at Hallmark. And we've teamed up together. And it's a great way to, uh, I've had these designs in my mind forever, you know, uh, and, and they're finally being given life thanks to his brilliant uh, animation and his brilliant design. So, like, uh, you can't coexist when someone to kill you with the uh, coexist bumper sticker in the middle of it. So, if you would, please order. $14 is what a t-shirt costs you today. Normally, they're 23 University of Miami professor has received death, flex, uh, death threats for her latest work, three American flags sewn into hoods resembling those of the KKK. Uh, you know, I understand, you know, making a point. I, I get it. You know, um, I try to make a point with humor, with my political satire. Um, it bothers me greatly um, because my father's casket was covered with an American flag. And it sits in a triangular um, letterbox in my my sister's home. But this uh, this uh, this University of Miami professor has decided to uh, do a piece called American Mask. It's part of the faculty art exhi- exhibition at the university's off-campus gallery. The flags were displayed in the gallery's windows. The show opened October twenty-third. This uh, this uh, professor. Uh, Billy Grace Lynn says that uh, she was brought up in Louisiana where she says the KKK had a strong presence in white nationalist protests this past summer in Charlottesville, Virginia, that ultimately resulted in the death of, uh, that influenced her, um, her art. She says, I consider myself a patriot. The flag is not sacred in itself. 
Describing your motive or her motive for producing the piece, she elaborated to CNN, you're concealing your racism and bigotry behind the flag and I see you. I'm calling it out and naming it. Until you name something, people can't begin to think about and that's why art is powerful. Whatever. It is not. Not in this case. The university said that they support artistic expression and freedom of speech. And the piece was not uh, reviewed or approved in advance. Now, this woman says that she has uh, received uh, death threats because of this. And that, and that may be the case. Worker at the building uh, where this is being, you know, displayed says this is disgusting. This is disrespectful and people just don't understand it. The New Times reports that initial reactions to the piece range from it being called disgusting to patriotic. It's not patriotic. So it's, it's, a, it's a slam on America. It's a slam on uh, <clears throat> on the United States. It's a, it's a slam on uh, our history. It is, um, it is meant to be insulting. It is, it is a typical uh, leftist, uh, self-loathing leftist who uh, hates the country, hates what it stands for. That's what this is all about. For her to call herself a patriot, uh, maybe maybe a Soviet patriot, but not uh, not a patriot by any means. This is pretty funny. Got a couple short stories here towards the end here that I want to share with you. Woman in California recently had a, a bad breakup, and so she decided to get back at her uh, her sig. Okay, and um, this is uh, this is pretty funny. So. He was binge-watching Stranger Things. She got her revenge and, and, uh, and uh, waited till halfway through the season, then changed the password. So he lost his uh, Netflix Stranger Things. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, uh, for a while there, I was very into the, uh, the binge-watching on Netflix, and I still do a little bit. I, I watch a lot of documentaries, you know. I enjoy those. But as far as binge-watching an entire series, I just don't have the time to do it anymore. I hear Stranger Things is wonderful. My nephew, or my nephew, my son keeps telling me, you got to watch Stranger Things, Dad. It's, it's fantastic. I'll, I'll take your word for it, but I'm not going to try and catch up. I tried it. Remember Breaking Bad? And, um, you know, my son kept saying, you got to watch Breaking Bad, Dad. You got to watch Breaking Bad. You got to watch Breaking Bad. And, uh, and literally, I watched the first episode. And, and the acting was nice. It, it was grotesque. I mean, they, the, the, the guy got killed, and they put his body in a, in a bathtub full of acid, and it, it ate through the ceiling, and, and the remains ended up being uh, gelatinous, and, and it fell on the floor, and they had to clean it up. And I, I thought, really, you know, I don't think I want to watch this. I don't think I want to watch this. So I didn't watch it anymore. Halloween, is the candy gone yet? Halloween just, uh, you know, a week ago. And um, my daughter and my son went out. My daughter's 12 years old. My son is 18. And my, my son you know, used my daughter to get candy. You know, the big brother helping out a sister. <laughs> so he got a bunch of candy as well. And I don't have a problem with kids being kids. And if you're a teenager and you want to you wanna trick or treat, in Lehigh, Utah, a 17-year-old girl with autism decided she wanted to go trick or treating with her siblings. And uh, apparently some neighbors thought she was a little old to be doing this. So this girl with autism was was uh, basically insulted, uh, called out for being too old. And so some neighbors in another neighborhood said, you know what, we're going to give her a do-over. We're going to do a special Halloween for her. Here is the story. 
you know, they go out, knock a few doors, and they get the comments of, oh, you're too old, and close the door in their face. It was sad for me as a parent to see that happen to them. Some people just have some bit of misunderstanding, which is... That's her, by the way. That's the girl. Fine. I have a little cousin that's special needs as well, and I've lived with her for a long time, and they have a really special place in my heart. So I was like, well, she needs a redo. No knock on doors that aren't going to shut them. So many people from all around the country, really, have been sending us packages of candy. Oh, you can have two of those. Oh, my goodness. It's been so crazy. This has just been amazing. This is the real story. The story of kindness that we've been shown has just been awesome and so heartwarming. And yeah. we're so grateful. It feels very heartwarming to see that people care so much. When we have each other... We'll be able to overcome any challenges. That's pretty cool. You know, that was that's pretty cool. That's the autistic girl there. That's really, really cool. You know, and I mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, they get this transgendered lesson at this school, and, and we've got the violence on television, and you've got kids, uh, you know, uh, seeing news stories where uh, people go into churches and blow away 26 people. Or, or knock out windows in Mandalay Bay and fire down on a crowd of people and kill almost 60 of them, injure 500 of them. Our kids' our, our kids' innocence is being taken away from them sooner and sooner and sooner every year. And by God in heaven, if your 13, 15, 18-year-old wants to go trick-or-treating, or you see a kid, a kid who's still a kid, who's made, maybe the kid's in high school. Is there an age limit? Why, what the, who the hell decided there'd be an age limit on trick-or-treating? Maybe, maybe I'm a little sensitive to it because I was a big kid. <laughs> I was a big kid. I was bigger than uh, my, my friend David Nissen. I'll never forget. We went trick-or-treating, and I, we were 11 years old. And, and my friend David is literally probably 65 pounds at age 11, maybe 70. And I was 5'11", maybe 5'10", 180 pounds, you know? And, and literally when I'm 11 years old, I got... People would say that aren't you a little bit old? I'm I'm as old as he is. Yeah, sure you are, buddy. And when I was 14 years old, I was six one, 245 pounds. And uh, yeah, you know, so maybe I'm a little bit, a little bit sensitive about these things. But you're only a kid once, and considering all of the things that our kids go through, and all of the things that our kids see, witness. All of the things in this this insane world that we have now, can can we just let them have one bastion of childhood? Can it just last a little bit longer? I think that's going to wrap it up for the show today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I want to thank you for joining me on Liberty One TV. I want to thank Terry Littlepage and his daughter Chelsea for putting this together and inviting me to be a part of it. If you would, please, and I'll tell you what, Terry is a generous man. And at the lowest point in my life, and it really was, in the last year, I've been unemployed for a year on November the 21st. And out of nowhere, this man named Terry Littlepage calls me. And I, I didn't, I thought it was a scammer. I, you know, you want to join our TV network? I said, really? He said, I heard about you, Rob. I, I've, I've heard about you. I've heard your podcasts. And, uh, and I, want to, I want to add you to the lineup. And I said, well, Terry, you know what? I could use the rent. And he says, well, what do you need? And I told him what I needed. And he... He deposited the money for me, and he kept me in my home. Have you ever been to that point in your life where you uh, you thought you were going to be evicted from your home? 
Have you ever been in a in a spot where you sold cherished possessions just to pay the bills? I, I've been through that. I've been through that. So I owe a lot to Terry Little Page. And I want to every day bring a great product to you, and I hope you enjoy it thoroughly. I really, really do. Sign up. It's only $0.33 cents a day. It's $10 a month, $99 a year. Also, if you would, please check out tpublic.com slash user slash conservatees and, uh, and order something because Christmas is coming up, and, uh, and it's politically incorrect, and it's a lot of fun as well. I'm going to be on KFYI for about a month in, uh, in Phoenix, by the way, every uh, afternoon or I should say evening from 5 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's 4 to 7 Phoenix time. So if you'd like to join me there for three hours of great fun, KFYI in Phoenix. In the meantime, guys, want to say uh, thank you. Prayers for the victims in uh, in Texas and, uh, and prayers for the heroes as well. God bless you, and we'll see you again uh, real soon. Thanks for listening to The Rob Carson Show. Friend him on Facebook at Carson Show, on Twitter at Rob Carson, and on Instagram. Uh, I think Facebook and Twitter are enough for now. We'll see you soon. You can subscribe to all of our Red Maryland Network programming on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and the TuneIn Radio app. You can also listen to the Red Maryland Network by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash redmaryland or visit the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com.